is Bloomberg Surveillance. The length of the moving average is irrelevant, but the ratio between the short-term moving average and the long-term moving average is absolutely critical. Japan, from a point of view of an equity investor, is in deep doo-doo. Am I allowed to say that? We had growth in the first quarter of only five tenths, and yet the labor market seemed to remain fairly strong. And we're not quite sure how that squares. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning. It is 7 a.m. on Wall Street, 5 a.m. in Mexico City. Happy Cinco de Mayo. No walls around this program. Mexico. So excuse me, is it May the 5th be with you? <laughs> <laughs> Tom finally figured that out. End of the day yesterday. Oh, yeah, Star Wars Day. Uh, Mexico finished lower yesterday. <laughs> we'll see what happens today. The rest of the world, not so bad this morning. We have less oil than feared, it appears. U.S. inventories reported down yesterday, so the price is up today. West Texas 45.19 is up 3.2%. Branch 45.80 up 2.6%. And if oil is higher, so are stocks. Miners in Europe, even though they're not pumping more oil, uh, still driving the indexes higher there. The stock 600 up by a point is three-tenths of a percent. The DAX 42 points higher. Uh, four-tenths of a percent. The uh, dollar is uh, stronger again today. DXY, 93.63, is up a half a percent. That means the yen is down, uh, 107.27. Euro is down, 114.27. Pound, 144.62, also lower on the day. And we're keeping an eye on Turkey, where Prime Minister Davidoglu is uh, expected to resign or at least that's the bet. The lira is falling now significantly down, dollar up a percent against it. Bond market uh, right now lower, yields a basis point higher, basically, across the curve, 10-year. 1.79% two-year is uh, 75 basis points. Uh, so well, that's where we are this morning on Cinco de Mayo, Tom. As, as to where we're going, four Fed speakers today, Bullard, Kaplan, Lockhart, and Williams, the latter three already said they would likely support a rate increase in June if the data come in as expected. And, of course, we do have big data tomorrow, the jobs report. Expected, 200,000, 4.9% on the unemployment rate. So if we get that, given the Fed speak, what happens to markets that don't seem to have priced in a June move? Brian Belsky is chief investment strategist at BMO Capital, and uh, he has brought... uh, the margaritas on the Cinco de Mayo. Uh, Brian, well, uh, I, yesterday, the, uh, the the Fed funds futures were pricing in a 12% chance of a June move. We had a bunch of Fed speakers come out and say, we're thinking uh, June is a live meeting, and the odds went down to 10% <laughs> this morning. Uh, they speak. Wall Street doesn't listen. Well, I think the easy trade, though, has been that the Fed's going to remain dovish. And until proven otherwise, it's not what you say, it's what you do. And at the end of the day, the data is, from our lens, improving. And not to say that you know, the Fed's going to be political, but it is the political season. And we would venture to guess that they would rather get a Fed rate increase out of the way a few months away from uh, the general election than, than not. So, again, things are improving, and if, if they want to ha- see an opportunity – or provide an opportunity for the U.S. economy and the stock market to kind of digest a potential move, uh, we think June would, would be a likely outcome. 
At this point, you you uh, you think the economy is going, the data are going to come in as the central bank is forecasting. Yeah, we do. We we believe that. Uh, and you see economic surprise continue to recover. Uh, you're starting to see some uh, some productivity and in industrial numbers uh, come in. Uh, clearly, the the best data point of all is with respect to jobless claims and and we think wages are slowly coming back. So at the end of the day, we do think it's it's time. And it would be a very good time, especially given the fact that we've had a nice recovery uh, in equity prices, uh, and it would really show the rest of the world that America can go it alone for a while. Good morning, everyone. Bloomberg Surveillance. Michael McKee and Tom Keene. Bloomberg Surveillance this morning brought to you by Invesco. Invesco believes it's time to bench the benchmarks to consider active management and factor-based strategies. Find out more at Invesco.com slash High conviction. Brian Belsky with us as we look at it. It's a great day because the news flow is not that great, which we can actually step back and think about the bigger picture. You opened your comments with this first thing this morning, and you said, look, passive is great. Active is better. Describe that. Why is active management stock selection, sector selection? Why does that work now? Well, I, I think that there's been such a focus on ETFs. Uh, in indexing, and for the most part, we believe people have gotten away from real investing. So, say if you uh, <laughs> say if you uh, are looking at a, a, a drug or a healthcare ETF, and you really like the fundamental attributes of Merck and Pfizer versus Lilly, or the other way around, Lilly versus Merck and Pfizer or Abbott, uh, and and those stocks are not going to be uh, as correlated from a fundamental basis, you're going to be stealing from returns. Uh, and dilute the returns of other, from others. So we think that we're going back into an actively traded bottoms up. You buy 35 to 40 stocks. As the market goes up or your stock goes up, you peel a little bit off. As the market goes down or your stock goes down, you buy a little bit more. I'm not trying to price myself out of a job. I mean, I think there's been too much of a focus on macro investing and quantitative investing in the last 10 or 15 yeah. years, and we're going to go back to basics again. What's it mean for hedge funds? I mean, they're under threat now, Got another year of... Challenges two and twenty, Kelsters and Kelpers saying no, no, no. How do hedge funds do stock selection in the new era? Well, they're going to have to do uh, some some good bottoms up research. Now they always say that they're deep in the weeds and and they do all this great individual stock research, but at the end of the day, they remain so reactive and they're still reactive to macro. They have to stop at reacting to macro and kind of look out a little bit more, which the investment time horizon, of course. As you know, mm-hmm. the hedge fund is much shorter. From a DNA perspective, they have to start thinking about holding these positions longer term and building positions, not just not just the shock and our binary decisions. I'm on the other side of the studio, so um, you can't hit me. I get to ask a rude question. How much more can you make for me uh, uh, by active management uh, so I can pay <coughs> your fee? Compared to the uh, the minimal basis point fee I'm going to pay to the ETF. Oh, that's a great question. You walked right into the trap. You've seen, uh, you've seen ETF fees actually start to wither higher and active fees uh, come down. So there's been a, a bit of a convergence. Number one, number two, you know, clients and investors are going to pay for performance. Okay. At the end of the day, when you take a look at your portfolio and you've been underperforming, they're going to look at those types of strategies and, and um, product that's been outperforming. And what's been outperforming is the active value, bottoms up, dividend growth, big brand name quality investments that, that are really the, the, 
the the spoke uh, of what investing from a bottoms up basis is all about right now in the recovery of the, of the equity market. And just we, I was remiss in not getting this on television. Let's do it on radio. The big banks, you, you clearly made uh, a statement that they're undervalued. What will be the catalyst for a strategist like you to see the big banks move? Charles Peabody at Portalis is adamant they will have a golden era out a couple years. How do they get to that golden era? Well, you know, at the end of the day, everyone's waiting for net interest margins to expand. You know, right. we think we think the the golden era of banks is all about wealth management, Tom. I mean, this is a big giant, uh, big giant annuity, and you think about the trillions of dollars. Can everybody win at that though? No, they got to be losers. No, there's going to be losers, and um, at the end of the day, those I think those gang, those those banks with with scale. Right, that have that have been able to demonstrate over time great wealth management practices across the entire business spectrum of the bank will benefit. And, and again, there's trillions of reasons why, Tom. And those trillions of reasons why is that mom and pop in North America are sitting on a bunch of bonds. And when they begin to peel out of those bonds, that's a really attractive business for those wealth management juggernauts to put these investors in the right places. And we think that we're going back to good old-fashioned investing again. When, when does that happen? Because, I mean, UBS, Credit Suisse, Barclays, all the big wealth managers losing money right now. Whoa, 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 Miss Lippy. The thing, the part of the story that I don't understand is that what you just said is, did you mention any U.S. banks? What, who did you just mention? Oh, yeah, they're not from America. Oh, so, you sound like Donald Trump here. <laughs> well, here, <clears throat> our call all, has been all along well before Mr. Trump talked about it, is that we're going to believe in America again because the corporate fundamentals of our country with respect to our, our companies are the best in the world, and that includes the financial system. And so what we believe is the most feared, hated, dreaded financial system is going to have a spectacular rebound based on fundamentals and based on this rotation coming back into investing. Well, it still didn't answer my question. Uh, 30 seconds, when? Well, the best part of it is that when interest rates start going up and the economy starts to improve, you're going to see bond yields uh, go up, total return with respect to bonds go down. These investors are going to start to rotate back into equities. Okay. I just looked at the Minnesota Vikings draft picks. Oh, you're not going there, are you? I I don't think we can do that. It's a family program. We'll talk after the Did you advise on this? No. (laughs) (laughs) Brian Belsky. No active management. (laughs) There's no active management of the Minnesota graphics, Minnesota Vikings graphics. There we go. Brian Belsky opining on what uh, the team from Minneapolis uh, will do. We'll come back with Brian Belsky and look much more at the equity uh, markets this morning. All right, let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. In a reversal, Donald Trump will now seek donations to fund his campaign for the general election. Speaking to the Wall Street Journal, Trump says he will be putting up money but won't be completely self-funding as I did during the primaries. Top aides suggested Trump would need about a billion dollars to take on Hillary Clinton. A wind-fueled wildfire continues to burn in Alberta, Canada. The fire has forced about 80,000 people to flee the oil town of Fort McMurray. The fire has burned about 1,600 structures and has disrupted oil output. A woman has been found alive in a rubble six days after a building collapse in Kenya. 
The collapse killed at least 33 people. Another 80 are missing. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom. And Michael, thanks so much. Gold, 1,300 an ounce a number of days ago, off a bit, $20, 12.81, up $7 after that moldy day uh, yesterday. We are with Brian Belsky of BMO Capital Markets on the equity markets. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Willoughby's since 1898. New York City's boutique camera store for precision-crafted Hasselblad Leica cameras, plus a full selection of GoPro action-adventure cameras. Willoughby's, corner 5th Avenue and 31st Street. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit SectorSPDRS.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. Alibaba Group Holdings' fourth quarter revenue beat analysts' estimates as China's biggest e-commerce company sold more advertising to merchants on its platforms. And Merck reported first quarter profit that also beat analysts' estimates. S&P E-mini futures are up six points. Dow E-mini futures up 51. And Nasdaq E-mini futures up 4. DAX in Germany is up three-tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury down 5.30 seconds. The yield 1.79 percent. NYMEX crude oil up 2.9 percent or $1.27 to 45.05 a barrel. COMEX gold up half percent or $6.50 to 12.80.80 an ounce. The euro $1.1425. The yen 107.27. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thank you so much. Brian Belsky with us through much of the morning. Very generous of him to be with us. Chief Investment Strategist, BMO Capital Markets. Brian Brian, um, I want you to educate me and our audience on what we get wrong in earnings analysis. I, I go nuts over the media focus, the narrowness of the analysis of earnings. Give us a bigger, broader view. Do we care about earnings declines? Should we be at the operating income line? Should we be at the revenue line? Gap, non-gap, what matters? What should we do? in our earnings analysis. Well, thanks for asking. I mean, I think that I, where I began my career was a place called William O'Neill & Company, Investors Business Daily, a long, long time ago. And, and what we learned there from Bill is to always look at operating earnings and continuing operations. Go up the income statement from net income to a line less adjusted. Correct. That's number one. But then also kind of see what the continuing operations of that company is after sometimes what we saw, especially in the early 90s, these silly charges and non-recurring charges and the like. So you have to have a bit of an accounting background and know how your ins and outs of a, of a financial statement, especially the income statement. That's that's kind of number one. From a trend perspective, we would agree that there's way too much focus on quarterly earnings. You want to look at, at the business trends and what's happening fundamentally with the company. But in terms of overall earnings trends, Tom, we've always for years in our process in, in terms of looking at sectors and markets in our investment strategy product looked at earnings revisions. And the way that we look at earnings revisions might be a little bit different than most, meaning we like to see big trend changes when all the earnings are coming down at the same time, that's usually a good time to start yeah. looking at a sector. And then the opposite uh, with respect to everyone raising their numbers. And, and Mike, to put this in perspective, and, my, and Brian doesn't talk about individual stocks unless he wants to correct me, 
The uproar over Apple. I don't know what they're going to do. I have no idea, and I understand they're going down to single-digit growth, and everybody's all lathered up about that. They take 34 cents down to EBITDA. They take a, a, a moldy 22 cents down to the bottom line, and their free cash flow is only going to be $55 billion. They're a deeply troubled company. Are they a deeply troubled company, Brian? No, come on. At the end of the day, um, we believe this entire bull market is about the redistribution of corporate cash. And Apple, with the kind of cash flow that it continues to generate, if you take a look at how the company has done post an, an S product, okay, we're right now dealing with the 6S. And the second quarter out from that, now the, the company again had issues with respect to what they're saying in terms of earnings, and Tom quoted the numbers. At the end of the day, this remains a cash flow uh, juggernaut and an innovation juggernaut. I was just in China two weeks ago. You take a look at the saturation rate of mobile phones over there. I think it's about 4 or 5%. I know it's single digits in terms of the Apple um, the uh, impact in, in, uh, over there. They're all Samsung users. And so there's still, u- there's still time on this company. Apple is a microcosm for the United States stock market. We can't wait for that stock yeah. to fail. We can't wait for that stock to fail. Everyone, it's the easiest stock to underweight in the index yeah. because it's the biggest one. Mike, the three-year dividend growth rate is only 23% a year. That's outrageous. How do you feel about um, you, 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 you're, you make that case there? You, you uh, talk about um, you know money back to uh, shareholders, uh, and yet you say there's too much focus on uh, short term, quarter to quarter. How do you feel about activist investors and uh, what they're doing on behalf of individual stocks? Well, it's a, it's another great question, Mike. I would say it's a, on a case by case basis. It depends upon what the activism is about. Is it about uh, that investor having an ego, talk, thinking that they know more than the market. The market always knows more than everybody. That's number one. Number two, um, we think this whole issue with active investment, it's, it's interesting. But at the end of the day, we can still find good companies uh, that are throwing off great cash, that have an opportunity to continue to grow. And I think that's where we should be looking uh, in, in terms of, uh, of looking for opportunities. That's for sure. Where else do you see opportunities at this point, uh, given the political uh, the, the political climate these days? Uh, is it easy to pick a sector that's going to to be good, or do you need to wait till November? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, six month moves are, are hard to, to to dissect. All I would say is this: is that we're overweight consumer staples in both Canada and the United States, and the reason being is. You know, I think uh, liquor sales and popcorn sales are going to be going up this summer because we're going to have great theater with respect to what's happening on the political front in America. There's going to be a lot of uncertainty. Americans don't like when there's uncertainty. Americans don't like when America looks weak. And so that's why we've been writing more and more about we remain very comfortable with our 2100 uh, price target on the S&P. We wrote a piece entitled Rinse and Repeat. We see the same things kind of occurring over the next few months. Worries about international, worries about the Fed, worries about the economy. Procter & Gamble, 11.6%, Coca-Cola, 9.4%, MO, 8.2%, excuse me, PMI, I should say, Philip Morris International, 8.2%, PepsiCo, 8%, but they're priced to perfection, and that's still what you like. Horrible companies, right? Horrible. 
Right. We still we're still going to drink uh, Pepsi Max. We're still going to smoke cigarettes. We're still going to drink booze, and we're still going to eat popcorn. And so that's not going to change. And in fact, I think we're going to see more of that this summer. I Brian, really thank you so much for coming yes, by. Says, it's, it's a great, great country. country. It's a great country. <laughs> well, it's it's it, may the fifth be with you. I guess is what he's what he's, what he's talking about. I can't believe about. you just said that. I, I just said that. I just, you know, it's like. May 5th. I completely met John Tucker. Thank you for educating me yesterday on May the 4th. I was completely uh, clueless about that, too. Just dorks were in on that, which is surprising that you missed it. All right. The uh, Turkish Prime Minister is speaking now. I'll keep an eye on that. That's Good morning, everyone. Continue. Bloomberg surveillance. Surveillance is coming. Bloomberg surveillance is brought to you by nobody right now. We'll be back in a moment and talk about political risk ahead. 